カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So sweet to be here and be with you. So sweet to be here and be with all of you. How rarely we're actually where we are. Some of you are also struggling with that. Just being right here. And that's amazingly what the practice is. Just being where you are. The simplest instruction. And yet, for some reason, a wild journey. It's rare, and that's why it's appreciated. We're often just a little distracted. Wondering what else. Some form of discontent. Some popular story, familiar narrative about how your relationship is with the rest of the universe. You get enough, you don't get enough. You have it hard or not hard. We all have some narrative. Me too. After all, we're human beings. Me too. So to me, that kind of way of like really learning how to pay attention, much of that learning how to be human. Oh, matters how we show up. Today is also for those of you in the practice period, which is a, this 90 day practice some of you are in. We're studying this text of Zui Monkey, one of the Dogen's, who was the Founder of our lineage in Japan. It's his teachings when they were at Koshoji at his first monastery, which is outside of Kyoto, that his disciple Eijo decided it's a good idea to write down some things down. 
And the text today to me is really interesting. It's about someone coming, Dogen says, you know, so suppose someone comes to talk about his business and asks you to write a letter to solicit something from someone else. To help him in a lawsuit. or the like, and we turn down the request, excusing ourselves on the ground that we are not people of the mundane world, that we have withdrawn, have nothing to do with worldly affairs. And that it's wrong for a renunciant like us to speak about unsuitable things. This still remains a popular idea. Some people say like politics are not, you know, are not spiritual or different things. Or just think about different aspects, what you think of as not practice, not a place of inquiry. We all have some place where we're like, not that. Only when there's like incense involved, that's when that's the spiritual area. However, Dogen says, we must consider the specifics of every situation. And to me, it's like the same thing. It's about paying attention. Although such an attitude truly seems, if we deeply examine our mind, which is why we're here, maybe some of us are here to kind of feel good, but that's not gonna last. We're coming here to feel the whole thing, the whole range learning how to feel the, all the waves from the great joys to the great sorrows, not just <laughs> that's like a nice moment. When we truly examine our mind and we dismiss the request because we think we are, monks or we are something who have left the mundane world and people might think badly of us for engaging. This shows our ego attachment to fame and reputation. I'm not getting involved with that because what will people think? What do you support? What do you write letters for? How do you make decisions of what and whom to support? How is that part of your practice? 
recently someone approached Chodo and myself to support them because they're being having lots of gossip about them. How do you support people? Do you believe gossip? Do you promote gossip? Do you spread gossip? It's really an amazing thing to really think about how many things that you actually believe are true. Do you actually have the experience and know that it's true. It's really interesting. Like I'm so into the universe, but actually I've never really been out there as far as I know. But I'm pretty excited about it. But is it completely sure? I don't know. I haven't been there. Maybe some of you have been out there. Maybe Sason's been there. Maybe David's been there. But how do we learn how to just trust the receptive ground of where we are? The receptive ground of the Dharma. and just be where we are. Can that be enough? Instead of what we want it to be. And how much of how we want it to be is also how we want other people to see us. I feel like that's what Dogen's also talking about. How do you want to be seen? I know for like a, like a good 10 years, like I was really like, wanted kind of everyone to know that I was like this cool Zen person. <laughs> Have I told you I go to a Zendo? Yeah, that's me. I'm very spiritual and all the, <laughs> have my mala beads. Even after some years and I actually received Jukai and I was like, wanted everyone to know. I took vows. Me. I'm one of those people. And it's also a wonderful thing to do. But to me, it's about all of it is a way of really reflecting on what is our vow? What is actually informing what we do? Because all of us are going to screw up, be imperfect, because we're human. 
But how do we deal with that? To me, I've been reflecting on the vows of the Bodhisattva that we chant all the time as a way of grounding myself. And I wonder if it could just be part of what supports you in grounding yourself. The Bodhisattva vow is really kind of one of the oldest vows in the tradition, the lineage. It's written about by Shantideva. It's written in the Avatamsaka Sutra, the Lankavatara Sutra, in the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra. This vow to be of service in the world is basically everywhere. And I find it particularly hard to be of service in the world and act in a free way when I'm living out of my conditioned way of responding. I wonder if any of you have that experience. And that's why the Bodhisattva vow to me is so amazing because it's like a reminder of like what this is about. I vow to actually be with my love and suffering and the whole situation so that I can be more a part of the world, not less little contracted self. We're lurking, looking how to be as the great Israeli poet Yehuda Machai talks about, like, listen to the ambulance. Some places have like really pretty bells, like mindfulness bells. We have ambulances to like really bring us back to like what's important. A Yehuda Machai talks about the poet. No, things are always open, closed, open. So like even in yoga or different body practices, we know we can't always just be open all the time. But the lurk, like our lungs, which go and our heart goes as far as I know. I haven't seen my heart do it, but I've been told. 
but it's the same way like with the with ours like if we stay clenched imagine if your heart stayed clenched that's called a heart attack i think yeah maybe <laughs> i hear from the doctor right here that's not necessarily true <laughs> that's my idea it's my fantasy but it wouldn't be good for sure if you just, your heart just contracted and it stayed there, or if you just exhaled and didn't take a fresh breath, not so good. So for me, it's like the, the returning to the vow is like that. It's like that we need to, yes, yeah, we close down for a second, but then we have to, Open back up, open back up, close, open, close, open. Because many of us will start to close and then like totally retreat. Sometimes for years. How do we allow the vows be that place of practice to allow our hearts to open and close, our lungs to open and close? In an early text, it talks about this one aspect of the path of the Bodhisattva that I wanted to talk about briefly. It's called Pramudita. It means joyous. It's after the Bodhisattva, each of us work on generosity. The first of the six perfections in our tradition and develops the ability to give away everything without regret. Freely giving, no problem, right, Jason? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And no thought of praise or reward for themselves. So you just freely give, not because you want a cookie. Most of us want cookies, a delicious chocolate chip cookie, maybe. Aren't I so good?
And this is the stage, the joyousness of realizing we don't exist alone. It's actually the experience of realizing we are all interconnected. So it's almost like impossible to stay contracted because it's the joy of realizing like, oh, that's how I can give freely because of the more I give, actually they're just like, they're, we're all just in this together. It's not about me. It's about working with this idea that this kind of meat puppet, this hairy skin bag is really what it's about. What would that be like just to work with as part of your vow? Learning about what is it like to extend out and not have to be so tight. And maybe even reflecting on one aspect. To me, I've been reflecting on this idea of control and perfection. Is there some place in there to loosen up? <laughs> 